Welcome to Hoops Zooted, the show that combines your two favorite things, weed and basketball. Pack a bowl, grab a seat, and join Evan and Colin as they get high and talk about Lakers basketball and whatever else comes to their wandering brains. Light it, don't hide it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Hoops Zooted. I'm Evan Moore. I'm your host, and it's great to see everybody tonight. You know, all you stoners and stoner allies out there, appreciate all you listeners. Um, so anyway, you know, we've, you know, had three games since the last um, episode, and, you know, we'll, we'll start off talking about that. But anyway, you know, today I am smoking, smoking through my, you know, Good old trusty Rick and Morty bong again, and I'm smoking a little bit of, um, sorry, sour diesel and Kush mints. Almost forgot for a second there. Uh, it's a little mix of um, two strains together. You know, sour diesel is a pretty famous strain, and you know, Kush mints is a very nice um, minty strain of Kush. And so this is a really, you know, like it's got a really nice like minty terp- terpenes to it, and yeah, a really nice strain that I really like. So. Anyway, well, let me say hi to Colin. And, you know, actually, first thing I want to do here since I brought you up here is I want to I want to give you a happy belated birthday. You know, Thank you just you. turned 30 Thank yesterday. You. So happy, happy birthday. And how are you doing tonight, man? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the uh, for the birthday wishes. Really appreciate it. Yeah, had a had an awesome birthday yesterday. Uh, so. Uh, kind of forgot at the towards the end of my workday, I realized that my buddy had planned uh, a dinner for me with a bunch of friends. Right, w- w- with the reservation time was at seven thirty Pacific, which is the exact same time the Lakers game started. So I was like, "Shoot, I'm gonna miss the I'm gonna miss the Lakers game. I'm gonna have to watch it afterwards," um, which is fine. So, anyways, at this dinner, I you know I go into they didn't have the game on it was a pretty fancy restaurant so no tvs or anything uh so i I go to the bathroom and i check the box score and i see the score at halftime i think we were down by like eight maybe and you know ad was like one for eight or something and it was just a pretty pitiful box score and i was just like god damn it like we're doing it again uh and then you know go, go back to finish the dinner and then as soon as we leave you know leave the restaurant i pull up to see the final score and i was like holy shit we won like all right, I'm going to actually like go home and watch the, you know, I record all the games since I'm local um, and I can't watch them on League Pass. Uh, so I was like, I'll go home and watch the recorded version now. Um, and oh, man, it was it was awesome. So that was a great way to uh, finish off my birthday was, you know, watching that that uh, great comeback win last night. Uh, so, uh, yeah, man, I'm oh, doing great, doing great. <clears throat> How about you? Awesome. Yeah, man, I, I'm doing pretty good. Like, you know, it's it's been a rough week. You know, we we were, um, you know, one and two this week and almost 0 and three. You know, there was like looking yep. like for the, you know, first three quarters of that game yesterday. So, yeah, like, you know, but despite that, I, you know, I've been doing pretty good. Like, you know, that, you know, that loss to the Heat on Monday, that was, that was a tough one. And, you know, having it come down to the wire, you know, LeBron has the, you know, last play of the game and passes it out to Cam Reddish and Cam Reddish bricks the shot. And, you know, 
was was unfortunate, but it was like it was one of those things of like you know like it's it's hard to get too mad because it was like you know it was an open shot it was the right play, you know, and you know everybody's been trying to second guess that play, of course, ever since ever since then, you know, talking about you know Braun could have passed it to Torian Prince or Cam Reddish could have even made the extra pass to Torian Prince or Braun Christian could have taken Moore the layup himself or Chris yeah or even Christian Wood was there like yeah so just so much second guessing going on for that game um you know but you know that was that was a tough loss and you know the fact that we actually had a chance to win that in the fourth quarter was pretty amazing you know because like they the, the heat were out playing us for for that game for the majority of it so like had we won that game that would we would have stolen that game anyway you know theoretically so so yeah that was a tough loss you know but but the real tough loss the real like depressing, sad trombone loss, you know, that was Houston. Like, oh my God, like that, like I felt like they lost that game before they even put on their uniforms that day. Like there was just no effort from, from the tip off throughout the whole thing. And they ended up losing it, you know, by more than 30 and almost 40. I think it was 38. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost, almost forty. Yeah. So just, just terrible, terrible loss. Like you know, and I, you know, I want to give Houston a lot of credit. You know, they had a great game plan. They're a good young team. You know, Udoka is a great coach. Really good. You coach. know, so I, I don't want to take you know anything away from them. You know, that they, they played a great game and they deserve to win that game. But that being said, there's no way they should be blowing us out by nearly forty points. Like. And that they didn't is, have, sorry to interrupt, but they didn't have Osser Thompson, or I forget which Thompson brother they have, Eamon or Osser, but they didn't have the their number one pick from this year. So there's even extra reason that they shouldn't be blowing us out. So sorry, continue. Yeah, no problem. And like, you know, and yeah, I understand that that, that team is, you know, they're, they're a good young team and I, I do want to give them credit, but like, yeah, it just, it never should have happened like that. And then, you know, I was also just really frustrated with the way both um, Darvin Ham and LeBron reacted in the press conference after that. Like, you know, Darvin Ham, you know, talked about, you know, how he's proud of his guy's effort. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Like <laughs> yeah. that, like if, if anything, like that, that's the opportunity where you ought to be like, you know, like this is, this is one where we need to like go back to the drawing board. Like, you know, this, like, and, and it just, it just felt like, neither him or LeBron wanted to kind of own what was really going on, you know? And, you know, I, I do, I do, you know, LeBron at least talked about cohesion and he does have, he does have a point that, you know, that with all our injuries, we had have had some issues with cohesion, but cohesion, you know, is ultimately what would have made us lose that game. I feel like, but it shouldn't have been what made us like get blown out. You know, because that it was a complete lack of effort. And just I just wish that, you know, both of them had kind of, you know, taken a little bit more accountability in that respect. Um, you know, and then and then we get to the Phoenix game and, you know, it's still, you know, still these first quarter troubles. You know, it was a little bit better. You know, they they'd made a little bit of improvement. You know, they didn't start to slip until late in the first quarter yesterday but you know then like you know second and third quarter were pretty much owned 
by by Phoenix, and they you know they kept us at an arm's distance for for pretty much the strength of both stretch of both quarters. So and then get get to the fourth quarter, and it was a repeat of the last time we played Phoenix, and we just shut their water off, and we're the better team in the fourth quarter with great defense and a lot of hustle plays. And, you know, and like they were finally actually rebounding and playing with effort and, you know, Hitting so three it's point shots. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a little frustrating in that, in that respect of like, you know, it feels kind of like this team needs to have their backs against the wall or needs to have, you know, like the tournament, you know, to give them a little bit of extra kind of motivation to, to get it going. And that's, you know, that's really kind of unfortunate. And I, I kind of understand, you know, you know, possibly where it's coming from, you know, that, you know, they made it to the Western conference finals. So like, I, I feel like they're, you know, they're, they've been kind of drinking their own Kool-Aid a little bit. And, you know, hopefully that Houston game was a wake up call and, you know, thankfully, you know, we didn't go on three this week and we're back in the win column, but we're still below 500. We're at four and five right now. So Anyway, that's that's what's gone on this week. And, you know, what are your thoughts on what went on and, you know, any game you want to pick apart or have it? Yeah, I'll just uh, <laughs> I'll just take it from the top, kind of like you did. So, yeah, first game of the week was on Monday night against the Heat, an away game. Uh, we were losing the game, most of the game, kind of a, you know, not as poor of a performance as Houston, but definitely not not a great performance. We had to go on a run in the fourth to make to even, you know, put us in a position to, to win that game. Uh, and then, like Evan said, uh, you know, Lebr- the game comes down to the final play. Uh, LeBron <clears throat> uh, takes it, to, gets to the rim, gets double teamed, uh, kicks it out to Cam Reddish. He's in, in the corner for a three point shot wide open. Uh, and Cam just just bricks the shot. Um, actually, he didn't brick it. I think he was. He, it actually almost went in, but uh, misses the shot. So um, that was a brutal one to take, especially on a Monday night. Like I fucking hate Mondays. I just like everyone else in the world. Like work is always shitty on Monday. Like I'm always low on sleep. Like I usually like. I didn't want. I had to stay up late for that Lakers game, anyways. Um, and to fucking lose on a, on a cam reddish brick, which by the way, uh, to add some more context to that, uh, the, I believe the final four possessions, it was a one point game for the final four possessions. And we took three point shots, all four possessions Austin Reeves bricked two threes right before cam missed the game winner, uh, the final shot, I should say. Um, so the fact that we were even taking three point shots when we're only down by one, I was super confused by, uh, when we have LeBron James and, you know, other guys that can get to the rim. So, uh, yeah, I was just pissed on a Monday night about that one, but I do want to also give Cam Reddish, you know, Cam Reddish took a lot of heat for missing that, that final shot, but I, I want to, you know, add some context by saying, we would not have been in a position to win that game without his defense. He clamped up in the fourth quarter of that game, uh, like really, really played really good defense um, and was one of the only dudes on our team who was defending, especially since I believe AD went down. Was that the heat game was the one AD went down in, right? Cause he didn't play against the Rockets. So AD was out in the fourth yeah. of yep. the heat game. So we had, we didn't have our best defender. And so Reddish definitely stepped up defensively. So I know everyone was like, oh, Cam, you know, LeBron should never pass to Cam. 
Cam sucks. Cam sucks. But like Cam played great defense and wouldn't have been in a position to uh, to win that game without him. And obviously, you know, I'll get to what what happened, what he did last night. But uh, I, I don't think fans are saying that about him anymore. Uh, so then, yeah, moving on to the Houston game. Um, also, yeah, I guess we kind of skipped over. AG, AD had a minor injury uh, in the in the Heat game, like kind of out of nowhere, freak injury. Uh, I think in the second quarter, uh, maybe the beginning of the third, but like you couldn't even really tell what happened. All of a sudden, he just kind of started holding his right hip, uh, and they kept showing it on replay in slow mo, like trying to figure out, like you could. S- hear the announcers i don't know what feed you were watching but i was watching the local spectrum feed um and Stu lance and the uh the spectrum guys were like trying to figure out what happened they were like did it have like you know did it happen here like we can't really even see what happened but he just kind of started holding his hip um and so he was out for the rest of the game i think actually he came back in and was just basically unplayable and they they pulled you know came back in for like 30 seconds and had to pull him right back out because he couldn't even run the floor uh so he was out basically the whole second half and everyone was kind of and then he couldn't play against houston um and so uh you know ultimately it looks like he'll be okay but uh yeah that was definitely a big worry um and when he came out and Cam Reddish came in for him or sorry, not Cam Reddish. Christian Wood came in for him. Uh, we did not see much from Christian Wood, which was, excuse me, very disappointing uh, considering what we had seen from Christian Wood previously this season. We'd been praising him a lot. So moving on to the Rockets game. Yeah. AD's out for the Rockets game. Christian Wood is now starting. Uh, I believe again, I forget which Thompson twin the Rockets have, but he was out for the Rockets. Otherwise their whole team was playing. Uh, we also had Rui out, Vando out, Gabe out, JHS out. So, you know, almost half our roster out. But still had LeBron, uh, had Austin, had D'Lo, had, had enough guys to beat this this Rockets roster, which is new and not very talented. So get blown out by 38. Um, yeah, I, I basically was... I watched the whole game, but I, like, stopped paying attention probably, like, in the second quarter. Like, I just got on my phone. I got on Twitter in the second quarter and just was, like, looking at, you know, dicking around, looking at stupid shit. Like, it just – I wasn't going to let it stress me out because it was just so fucking awful. Um, And, yeah, I I agree that – you know, I, I think there's kind of two sides to the story on on LeBron's uh, LeBron's response in the press conference after. I agree. I was definitely disappointed that he he didn't really take any accountability. He did. He pretty much blamed the whole thing on injuries and just said, yeah, we didn't have our whole unit. What do you expect? Um, but at the same time, I think publicly he didn't want to blame anyone. And we don't know what goes what goes on behind closed doors in that locker room. Uh, and clearly we saw last night against the Suns, we saw a very different effort, and especially from LeBron. This is why I'm wearing my uh, – oh, uh, from the background, you can't see it. But down here it says LeGoat. It's my LeGoat T-shirt uh, that I got right after he broke the scoring record because LeBron played phenomenal last night. Uh, he had a little bit of an injury scare too. I don't even really know what happened, something with his ankle, but came back in um, – just had some insane plays um was hitting threes uh, let me find let me read pull up his final stat line because uh he was incredible last night 
Yeah, 32 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, anyways, yeah, had a great... They really, really came back, and the whole team came back last night. So, uh, you know, we were... I was... There was a couple things that I want to point out. Uh, so Daniel Starkan from, I think, Lakers Nation, about like two hours before the game reported like uh, AD's expected to play uh, and we're expecting the same starting lineup of uh, D'Lo, AR, Torin Prince, Braun, and AD. And everyone, you know, all of tw- Lakers Twitter freaked out being like, Darvin Ham's an idiot. Why the hell? We're rolling out. We're rolling out the same dumbass lineup. Like, why are D'Lo, AR, and TP starting? That's, like, the worst. I said it, too. I, I'm not making fun of people. I'm, I said it, too. Uh, I'm like, why Why are we starting these three? That Like, the, that's the worst defensive combination defensively, uh, A'Lo, DR, and TP. Uh, and then, of course, I missed the game, but I come to see, like, the starting lineup, uh, like, right before I walk into dinner. And that was not Daniel, you know, shame on Daniel Starkan for reporting the wrong lineup because the starting lineup was actually uh, D'Lo, TP, no, sorry, D'Lo, Cam Reddish. Was it Rui? Did Rui start? No, no. Okay. It was D'Lo, no, Cam Reddish, and TP? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. D'Lo, Cam Reddish, TP, LeBron, and AD. Yep. Uh, and Austin Reeves came off the bench. Uh, so, you know, shout out to Darvin for making that change. Um, also, I didn't really harp on Darvin enough in the Rockets game. He was fucking awful. And he, it was really disappointing not to see him like yelling at our players when we were down. One thing I noticed is, and I think Evan pointed it out in his post game, uh, zooted interjections, which was awesome, by the way. And I'm excited to see more of those. Um, but like you've got Ime Udoka, who is literally barking at his players when they're up 26 for not, like, you know, contending three-point shots. And then, meanwhile, we're down 26, and Darvin's got his hand in his pockets, like, not doing a damn thing, while Phil Handy, meanwhile, Phil Handy's yelling at everyone. So, shame on him for that. But shout-out to Darvin for making a change uh, and and starting Cam Reddish, which I was like, what? Cam Reddish? Like, why not Rui? Uh, But then, of course, Cam Reddish just has, you know, last night ends up being the Cam Reddish game. Um, I was just, you know, uh, I was pretty zooted by the time I got home from that birthday dinner. So to watch, <laughs> watch that game and see him just kind of like get better and better the whole game and then just go off in the fourth. I was like, you know, it was like midnight my time and I'm like yelling at my yelling at my TV watching the, the rewind of this. Um, so, yeah, it was I'm, I'm just super happy that that we turned it around Uh I think we're going to get, we should get news on Vando today or tomorrow. Hopefully it's good news and he comes back soon. But if Reddish can continue to play like this, um, and we, we do need AD to, to come back offensively, but he played great defensively last night. Um, and we've got some some easy games coming up. So, um, and one last thing I'll mention is I actually, uh, as, a, as a little birthday present, a guy at my office who's got Lakers season tickets invited me to the game tomorrow. So I'll actually be at the at the game tomorrow. We're playing the Blazers without Scoot Henderson. So hopefully we can just, you know, beat the shit out of them and it'll be a great game. I will definitely be – this guy has very good seats. I will be taking videos nice. uh, and posting from, from Hoop Suited for, for all the listeners to check out. So, And if you haven't, 
like, subscribe, and follow uh, Hoop Suited on on Twitter and YouTube. <clears throat> awesome, man! That's that's great. You're going to be at the game. I'm I'm jealous, man. Yeah, so. I'm excited, and hopefully, again, it should be an e- easy win. But knock on wood, because I said that about the Rockets. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted I want to talk a little bit about like you know I I didn't mention it when I was doing my rundown, but like um, Austin going to the bench. You know, I, you know, like, of course, as much as I love Austin, it was like, you know, it was one of those decisions that I was like, I was totally torn on, like, you know, because when I heard that, when I heard the news at first, I was just kind of like, but like, but, you know, of, of the two that you're going to bench, you know, whether you bench D'Lo or you bench Austin, it's much smarter to bench, bench Austin, because because, you know, it's obviously what's happened here is the two of them on the floor are just so bad defensively. I feel like it's, you know, they're they're like the two kids in school that are like having too much fun together where the teacher is just like, OK, no, we got to separate you two now. Totally. Literally. <laughs> literally. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So, you know, Austin was the one who was going to, you know, absorb the hit much better and bounce back and you know he ended up being the closer last night you know so you know that was i forgot about that that. was great to see and you know he was he was also you know third in minutes to both lebron and ad so yeah like you know as i you know as i posted on the on the timeline last night jokingly of like you know you you can't stop the white cobra you can only hope to contain him so exactly exactly i forgot he had that final shot uh that great little kind of like fadeaway layup uh, that he has kind of patented little, usually he didn't get an and one on it last night, but usually he does. Uh, Yeah. That was awesome to see him come alive in the fourth as well. I forgot about that. Yeah. And his two man game with Braun in the fourth was just great, man. And so, yeah, like it's great to see. And like, yeah, I think that, but I think what's, what's going to, what that means for our future is I think it's going to have to be fluid in the future because I think what's going to have have to happen is that you know there there're going to be nights where Austin isn't Austin isn't doing well and there's going to be nights where Delo isn't doing well and you know we may see different nights you know hopefully it works out where like you know Delo is hot when Austin isn't or vice versa you know but like yeah it, it may get a little tricky to see who's closing and you know, if once Gabe gets better, like if he's playing better defensively and hitting his shot, he may end up being the closer out of those three anyway. So right. it's really, really interesting. I, I feel like that whole guard position is just going to have to be fluid here for a while. And, you know, there's not, you know, like, you know, everybody wants to talk about trades on the timeline, everything like that. But like, you know, I'm, I'm here to just be the, cold deliver of reality to everybody you know like this team you are stuck with this team until at least february i I hate to be the bearer of bad news but this is the way it works you know sure trades do open up on december 15th but when is the last time you saw anyone get traded on december 15th it's happened so rarely as well as the fact that who out there wants to help the Lakers. And if they're going to do it, who is not going to drag their feet until the last minute? So, right. you know, if this team is going to change, it's not going to change until February. 
So everybody, all Laker fans, lock in. You know, do whatever you need to do for your mental health. If that means you need to check out until February, check out yeah, until February. Yeah, you know, totally. like if you know, yeah, or if just talking about trades or wherever, like you know, is what sues you with that whatever man but like but just get used to it man we're we're stuck with this we're stuck with this relationship you know for at least the next you know three months two three months you know so just buckle in right <laughs> you right. know and also you know everybody who's thinking about a coaching change i also you all need to buckle in there too because yeah yeah it's not going to happen darvin ham signed a four-year deal we're not going to fire him until at least next season right so he's gonna he's gonna get a pass this season unless Mm -hmm. like unless there's like a if we have a monumentally bad season and do not make the playoffs then there's a possibility that we make a coaching change in the off season but just buckle in darvin is here to stay as much as you hate him like you're just gonna have to get used to him and you know I'd also like to remind people this is only his second year being a head coach and, you know, everybody wants to say that like, Oh yeah, but he's been, you know, an assistant for this long, but like being a head coach is completely different than being an assistant coach. It's so much more responsibility and so much more just managing of egos than I think a lot of people realize. And, you know, the one thing I will give ham credit for is he's cultivating a nice culture on this team of grit and, you know, perseverance that, that I really appreciate. So just wanted to, you know, just wanted to give the little dose of reality to all our Lakers fans, you know, like just buckle in because some of these things aren't going to change. And, you know, we're in what you, you, you can call it a toxic relationship if you want, but just, you know, do do what you got to do to you know to make yourself happy, toxic or not. That's 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 my best advice. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, and just also like I said earlier, uh, you know, and I was also disappointed with how Darwin was, you know, especially in that Rockets game. You know, everyone was posting pictures of him with his hand in his pockets, just mm. sitting on the scores table or leaning against the scores table. Um, but again, we don't know. And I was pissed too. Like, I was like, why is this dude not yelling? Like, why is he not barking at our players? Uh, but again, we do not know what happened when behind, uh, behind closed doors. We don't know what happened at halftime. We don't know what happened after the game. Clearly we played better today or I'm sorry, last night, uh, the following game. So, uh, you know, it's probably not as bad as everyone makes it seem. And like Evan pointed out, I think he does, uh, Darwin has a lot of good qualities and one of them and the, probably the best one in mine is yeah the the culture he brings and the the team chemistry he brings and just uh yeah the the kind of grit to be able to 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 come back um so you know hopefully he'll get better also he he made the lineup change after the Rockets game he had faith in Cam Reddish Cam Reddish uh you know came up big so you know they're He's done some good things too. So, uh, yeah, definitely. And he got us to the Western Conference Finals last year. So, uh, let's, yeah, let's just, you know, definitely buckle up. Uh, I guess, yeah, if, like Evan said, if you're a psycho and talking about trades and coaching changes soothes you, I guess, you know, go ahead and do that. But, uh, 
and it, it just kind of kind of annoys me i'm just kind of like all right like yeah that's not very real but uh so yeah exactly. buckle up. <laughs> buckle up. long story short oh man so it's funny i mean moving moving on like we got some a little bit of around the nba news and um you know the first one is that jamal murray is out for the rest of the month for the nuggets now I think Jamal Murray is such a key for them. Like he is what really like puts them over the top. Like, you know, Jokic is, you know, the driving force of that team, the engine, but like Jamal Murray is like the nitrous, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, cause when he's, when he's there, it's like, they're, they're much, much harder to beat. So this is this is going to affect the Nuggets, but like this does help us out with our rough start. You know, hopefully, hopefully they'll stumble here with a few games, and we can, you know, kind of claw our way back up here. And you know, because I'm I'm going to be preaching this all season. We need that number one seed. We need to at least be above Denver because we do right. not want to play four games in Denver again. You know, playing at mile high is no joke. You know, I live in Albuquerque. It's also a mile high here. Like, you know, when I moved here, it took me a while to, you know, acclimate as a kid. Like, you know, I was eight years old back then. And, you know, yeah, I'd moved from Ohio and, you know, lived in Kansas before that. And so, like, you know, real flat, you know, sea level places. And, you know, so it, it took me a while to acclimate, you know, just living up here, too. And so it's it's really no joke of, like, you know, you you do get winded a little bit quicker up here and, you know, so we need that number one seed and I'm, I'm going to be preaching that forever. And, but the other interesting thing that, that I want to talk about with this um, a little bit is that injuries are just really bad already. And like, you know, the, the league was, you know, had was done all this thing with the new CBA to try and get star players, you know, to be playing more. But like, I feel like, you know, they're, they're kind of going to be fighting against a, a current that, that they're not going to win against. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of interesting to me because, you know, I think we're going to have more incidents like this throughout the season where star players just get injured and there's, you know, you know, fans that have bought tickets, you know, like all the people that have bought, you know, tickets for Nuggets games, you know, they're going to miss out on Jamal Murray, you know, for the next month now. So, you know, it's just, it's an unfortunate part of the game, but like, I don't, I don't see how there's any way to fix this other than maybe shorten the season, you know? So anyway, what do you, what do you think about any of those things? Yeah. Shorten the season or maybe even, uh, maybe even like, uh, making, make this, keep the season as 82 games, but make it longer in the year. So there's, so there's like never back to backs, like make it. So there's either one or two days between games, not just like, I feel like they do, they, you know, fire through 82 games in like, I don't know how many months, but um, it's just a lot. Like they're just constantly playing basketball. Um, so and, you know, with how athletic all these guys are now, like, and the, you know, the way how viciously they run and cut and jump, like, you know, it's just, it's much harder on their bodies than it was in the probably, you know, 70s and 80s. Um, it's just generally like, 
it's not a it's not a rougher game. It was rougher back then, but the way these guys move is more violent because they're just like way more, you know, bigger, athletic, and whatever. So uh yeah, you know, injuries suck. But one thing I will say about the Jamal Murray injury is you know, I, I said it all off season. The fact that the Nuggets had a seven man rotation last year and didn't have a single injury uh, the entire season uh, was just like that's the craziest thing in the world to me. And I, I just I was saying it, you know, I don't I don't wish injuries upon anyone, but I just was like, I, I, I would be surprised if that happened again, if they go with a seven or eight man rotation and don't have a single injury. Um, so, uh, definitely never want to see it happen to a star like Jamal. Um, it's super, you know, huge bummer that he's out, especially for the Nuggets fan. Shout out to our buddy Van. Uh, that's a bummer that, you know, he won't get to see him if he goes to any games, but, uh, yeah, it does give the Lakers a chance to, uh, to move up. And it's really interesting in the Western conference right now, there's really only three teams in the standings who kind of stand out. And that is, and it's surprising who the three teams are nuggets. They're not surprising, but, uh, we've got the warriors in second, uh, nuggets. I think were eight and one. I don't know if they lost one or lost last night. Warriors were like, I don't know. Base Warriors were in second and uh, the Mavericks were in third, which, you know, shame on me. I had the Mavericks finishing in like 10th or 11th this year. They actually look pretty fucking good. So uh, again, I think Ev- as Evan tweeted out, we were high when we made those uh, predictions. So <laughs> obviously those weren't real. Like we didn't actually think the Lakers were going to win 62 games. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, no we were excuses. just high. We were just high. You guys, you guys thought those were serious? Uh, um, so, yeah. Uh, the the three teams that are in the West right now, those three teams look good. But everyone else is, like, super uh, – it's all very compact. Like, everyone's, like, similar record to the Lakers. Like, you know, four and five, five and four. Like, so it should be very easy if we just start winning games. We actually have a pretty easy stretch coming up on the schedule, starting with this Blazers game tomorrow, which they're literally one of the worst teams in the league and their best player, Scoot Henderson's out. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can go on a little win streak, gain some, uh, get a, go up some spots in the standings and, uh, and use this Jamal Murray thing to our advantage to try and, yeah, you know, get, get in that top three range and finish definitely finish above the nuggets. Like Evan said, that's very important. So yeah, man. Um, but moving on, uh, the, uh, the, the next thing we've got to talk about is we've got to follow up on our, on our, our weekly discussion on James Harden and, uh, and the Clippers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Clippers I, need, have- I need some soap opera music. I, I yeah, oh, you know, yes, I've, I've, please, got, I've got a little please. soap, you know, like, unfortunately, please. like, yeah, it, you know, I don't have it on my soundboard yet, but like this, we're, we're talking about James Harden so much. I, I, yeah, we, we need some soap opera music for this. Like, you know? yeah, if you guys haven't had it, That's we a future are project, one percent like. better, uh, with technologically, as Evan has been saying. So, uh, yes, that soap opera, soap opera music will be added for next week when we, uh, undeniably talk about, uh, James Harden again, but. Uh, so yeah, this week James Harden has now played two or three games with the Clippers. They have lost all of them. Uh, there was one game, uh, Evan. Maybe you can remind me. I think it was against the Nets this week, where he just looked fucking awful. He had this. They had a chance to win it at the end, and like he, they, 
He had a wide open look at, for a three point shot. Instead of just shoot, you know, catching shooting the, for the wide open look, he does a dribble step back. He steps back into a defender who then tips the ball. And like it was just one of the grossest, <laughs> you know, grossest plays I've seen, and obviously went viral on on Twitter. Um, and he had this this clip uh, after the game where they were like, you know, James, like, what's it like? You know, you're now zero two as a Clipper, and he just like sarcastically said, you know, we'll clip it for you guys on Twitter. But he just sarcastically said, like, oh, I'm just trying to fit in, like literally in that tone of voice. And I was like, man, if I was a Clippers fan, I'd be fucking pissed right now. Like this guy does yeah. not give a shit. Uh, he's just trying to get his. Like uh, this is now his, you know, seventeen teamth, seventeenth team in a row that he's uh, come in and just kind of. I hate to use the word cancer, but yeah, has just kind of been caused a lot of issues. So. Um, yeah, you know, Evan, I want to hear your take and we'll we'll also get into uh, a report we heard about Daryl Morey afterwards, but but what are your thoughts on on how Harden has looked with the Clippers so far? Um well, like first first I'd like to give a shout out to Steve Ballmer for jumping on this grenade for the yeah. entire league. <laughs> thank you Steve. Thank yes, you thank for you. overpaying. Thank you, but like, you know, like Part of me, like, you know, part of me is, like, really happy to see, you know, the Clippers kind of implode like this. But I'm also, like, I feel, like, I feel a little bit bad for Russ. And I feel really bad for Kawhi right now. Like, yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, that, that's got to be tough. Like, you know, they, they really, too. yeah, and Ty Lue, and and even, and even Paul George a little bit, you yeah. know, but, like, you know. But but Kawhi mostly, like, you know, because I feel like, you know, Kawhi really, like, you know, Kawhi really cares, I feel like. He's the one who really cares the most out of all of yeah. them. And so, like, you know, and we saw, like, earlier in the season, you know, him, like, fall to his knees when when Russ took tried to take that winning shot and missed. And, you know, like, so, like, yeah, like, it's so it's just kind of mixed emotions thinking about this. But, like, but... You know, I don't know if you also saw the um, oh gosh, and I can't can't remember his name right now, but the the reporter last night who just laid into James Harden and no, you know, no. basically was said, you know, like was it a Clippers reporter? Um, gosh, I like think I, I think it was like now I can't oh, remember. I think I, no yeah, exactly. I I, I need to. Because, like, someone showed it to me last night. I'd never seen the guy before. Like, I'd, I'd recognized his face, like, but I can't remember his name. Um, so, anyway, you know, he, he just laid into him and said, like, you know, basically, like, you know, you're not the system. You're the problem. And, yeah. you know, like, you know, and, like, did a little mic drop with that. And it was just like, damn. Just, you know. But, you know, I mean, he he – he does have a point. It was like, it was really harsh. It was, it was, you know, a little mean spirited even, but like, you know, James, like somebody, somebody needs to tell you like, you know, Hey man, like look in the mirror. Like you've been the problem here for a long time, man. And like, you know, yeah. Like, and I also feel like, like a little bit bad for Russ. Cause like Russ and this team yeah. were cooking 
before yeah, the you know, before too. he showed up. And you know, he looked happy again and you know, it's it looks like it's going to go downhill from here. But, you know, Steve Ballmer again, you know, thanks for jumping on that grenade, you know. So <laughs> And one thing I'd just like to point out too before we move on to the next little report, um is the, you know, everyone shat on the Sixers for that trade because they were like, oh, you only got, you know, a bunch of old cooked role players at, for and a first-round pick for James Hart. You didn't even get Terrence Mann. Um, Nicholas Batum and Robert Covington are like, the Sixers have gone, I think they're on a six or seven-game winning streak. They just beat the Celtics. Seven. Batum looks, in, he's playing as just perfect role player for them. Uh, Rocco, who used to play for them, is fitting back in. Marcus Morris, who's from Philly, is he? I don't think he's playing, but I'm sure he's adding just some grit to that locker room. He's a he's a as they call it a North Philly guy. Um, so yeah, like those role players look great now with the Sixers, which is just hilarious because everyone was like shitting on that trade, but um. I want to get into this report that you you actually turned me on to about Daryl Morey. So I'll let I'm going to turn it over to you, Evan. <clears throat> yeah, turns out that um, I might have been right about <laughs> Daryl Morey kind of holding on to James Harden like he was his precious, <laughs> because <laughs> because there is now a report that um, he was forced to make that trade by the owner. Like he was sitting on his butt, like that you know that trade was there since this summer and it took um the owner getting on the phone with steve ballmer and initiating it and telling daryl morey to get off his butt and do it so yeah like my hunch was right my hunch was right so you know little i I guess i take a little victory lap for that you know it just it seems so obvious with their with their relationship um, you know, that and Daryl's success was tied directly to James. Like, I can imagine, like, you know, professionally, he's was terrified of letting him go. So it, it makes perfect sense. And yeah, just yeah, like I felt so justified when I heard that story. I just yeah, I had to, you know, because, you know, I, I do admit when I'm wrong, of course, but I'm going to do victory laps when I'm right. Damn it. <laughs> yep. That is, we don't make the rules. That's how it goes. That's how it them, goes. Exactly. Rules. <clears throat> um, oh, and then, so on, on to the next, next topic. Um, this is some sad, sad news. You know, Robert Williams is going to have season ending surgery, you know, and there's, there's a lot to unpack here. I feel like, um, you know, you know, on the surface, it's it's just really sad from the fact that you know Robert has had such a you know riddled um, injury history throughout his career, and just has had so much trouble staying on the court. He's just such a great high energy player, so fun to watch, and you know, it's such a shame from that point. But it's also you know what. You know, I've seen a couple people tweet out it on the timeline, but you know, it doesn't hasn't been really talked about very much. But you know, it makes me wonder, like, you know, what was going on with the medical staff with the Celtics, and if there was, you know, signs of this before the trade, even, and you know, because you know, gosh, um, 
who was it? We we saw it with Portland um, a few years ago. God damn, I'm trying to. Oh, oh, with, um, yes, Greg, no, 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 Greg not, not Greg Gilgoyne. Um, Gary Payton the second. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was and last that, year. Oh, that was yes. yeah. That was bad. That was bad. So, like you know, I just I you know I you know I haven't heard anything about that, but it's it's just one of those things that makes you kind of wonder about that, and like you know, maybe there needs to be some better you know more stringent um, you know physical you know something more than a physical to you know, determine players' health before trades and, you know, void trades if the, if that doesn't happen, you know. So so anyway, it's just, you know, I'm just speculating from that point, but like, you know, makes you it really makes you wonder and just it's just sad to see, you know. And you know, and then Malcolm Brogdon is also hurt too, you know, and it goes back to, you know, what we're talking about again with Jamal Murray. Like, you know, here, you know, a couple, you know, those guys aren't necessarily stars, but you know, They've got, I'm sure they've got, you know, fans and, you know, little stands of their own that like, you know, would like to see them play and, you know, they're not, they're not going to be on the court. You know, it's just, yeah, I'm going to keep saying, I, I think we need to, you know, shorten the season. We definitely need to get rid of all these back-to-backs. Like when I look at the schedule and like, yeah. you know, like, I think there's only like one month where we don't have at least two back-to-backs and there's, you know, a lot of them where we have at least three. So yeah, it's, it's too you much. Should, you should never have more than like three away games in a row. Like sometimes you're on the road for like, you know, seven game roads, five, you know, five, six, seven game road stands. And it's like, you know, it's like two weeks on the road, like away from your family, like, you know, so I think there's a lot of things. Yeah. Shortening up the season, spreading out the games, Making the road trips uh, smaller, um, I totally agree. But uh, just to touch on the Robbie Williams injury, and really interesting and sad uh, that Malcolm Brogdon also got hurt because now you look at that Drew Holiday trade, which I think was Robbie Williams, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, and like a pick or two for Drew Holiday. Uh, and now both Robbie and Malcolm are hurt. Uh, and Drew Holiday is obviously flourishing for the Celtics. They look, uh, you know, they lost to the Sixers. But other than that, the Celtics look really fucking good this year. Um, Drew Holiday is like the perfect fit for them, has been playing incredible defensively. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm very curious on what happened medically with that trade uh, because, yeah, now you look at it and it's like, well, shit, the Celtics basically just got a Drew Holiday for two injured players and a pick. Like, what is and, – and we don't even – Robbie Williams has had so many injuries that, like, I don't know if he'll – I hope he comes back to play, but I don't know if he will. Like, And actually, Brogdon has an insane injury history too. So, um, yeah, I have a lot of questions surrounding the medical clearance of those trades. Um so, you know, unfortunate that it seems like the Celtics kind of kind of made out uh, very nicely and with that trade. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think they'll 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 be in the thick of things in the Eastern Conference uh, and probably make a deep playoff run. But maybe we'll see Lakers Celtics, like we've been saying in the year of, of 2024, Kobe Bryant. But yeah. <clears throat> um, moving on, moving on to uh, to our, our, you know, other things around the NBA. We had this crazy Giannis ejection. Uh, I forget what night it was, um, but basically he had a uh, 
um, I forget who they were playing too, but he had a he had a breakaway dunk where he dunked it on uh, I think it was actually they were playing the Pistons and it was Isaiah Stewart, and he did just his patented you know Giannis slam flexed a little bit similar to what LeBron does all the time. I think literally the rule in the NBA is you're allowed to show a moment of emotion after a dunk or after a, you know, a good play. Um, and that's it. Uh, you know, you're not allowed to like hang on the rim and, you know, rub it in players face, but you know, he showed a moment of emotion and ran back and, and the ref called a technical on him. And it was his second tech of the game. I forget how he got his first tech, but that was also ticky tacky. And so, you know, you get two techs in the NBA, you get ejected from the game. Uh, and this was like third quarter of a close game with the Nets. Uh, and he just, Giannis went ballistic um, you know, and it was uh, rightfully so, in my opinion. I thought this was just completely egregious by the refs to eject Giannis on this. Like that, we've this is literally Giannis's like patented celebration. Like, if you're gonna call, why haven't they been calling texts on it for the past however many years he's been doing it? And like I said, LeBron does shit like that all the time, and many other players too. Um, so you know. And like as fans, that's what we want to see. That's like why we love Gian- why I love Giannis is like he shows emotion and he's like, yeah, he's an incredible player. Uh, so I thought this was a bunch of lo- a load of horse shit, uh, but curious to hear your thoughts. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, this is this has been a a long thing for me, like, you know, just in regards of all the sports, like, you know, I, I do not like it when they don't let the, the players show some emotion and some celebration because, you know, these games, you know, they're, you work so hard, you know, and when you have a moment like that, that's just so gratifying and like it's just it's kind of natural to kind of like you know want to have some sort of release and you know and and i can understand you know you're you're trying to limit you know any kind of like taunting any kind of thing that's gonna you know get somebody provoked into a fight you know things like that but like come on there, there there just needs to be like a a better line a better judge of that and like i think a lot of times these refs they just kind of, you know, they kind of get drunk on their own power and just, yeah, you know, like, yeah, it's so, but it, but it is, unfortunately it's, you know, it's, it's always going to be, you know, part of the game and like, you know, I'm always going to complain about it. So yeah, it's, you know, and like, like, you know, I, and, and, and with every sport, like, you know, I, I hated like when they took out any kind of celebrations in the NFL and, you know, yeah. calling it the no fun league back then. And like, you know, like, I mean, they've at least allowed some celebrations back, but like, like, I feel like, especially like, you know, a game like football, like, you know, it's so physical and like, you know, just a little bit of expression of emotion, you know, as long as there's not any like, you know, like direct, you know, taunting to another player of like, you know, getting directly in their face or like, you know, saying something directly about them or their family or their, you know, or personal about them like that. That's where you draw the line. But like, you know, if people want to, you know, just do the, like the silly things, like, you know, let's not, let's not make this like the, the key and peel thing of like, you know, like, you know, only two pumps allowed, you know, don't, 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 don't do the third pump, you know? (laughs) 
because <laughs> that's what it feels like. I mean, that's that's what made that skit so brilliant. Because that's you know oh, that's really what it's like. It's like you know, it's it's cool. Just don't do that third pump, man. Yeah, you know? literally, literally. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and then again, going back to probably all those fans who I think it was at a they were playing at the Brooklyn Nets. So all those Brooklyn fans who probably paid a bunch of money to see Giannis play. And he gets kicked out like at the beginning of the third. You saw him play like half a game. So like, yeah, you got to just think about like you know what it, the product is worse for the fans when you when the refs do that. So yeah, they're someone should only get ejected for something you know egregious, which this was not. This was just a normal celebration, but <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, you know, moving on. Um... You know, in interesting news, the Mavs had to, you know, cancel. Um, you know, no, they didn't cancel their game. No, they, they have to cancel their game. I, th- I thought they, I they, had to they did it on their, they just, oh, they postponed it. Okay. They, I think it's got postponed. Because they had to put it on, because they had to, yeah, there there was a problem with the um, manufacturing of the new courts. And, you know, so... You know, and I've I've heard rumors. I don't know if this is necessarily true. I couldn't find anywhere to confirm it, but like someone was trying to spread a rumor on Twitter yesterday that, like, you know, a, that the three point line was even like a foot short or something like that. So no way, that's yeah. hilarious. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true or like, but like you know, most of the reports I've read, it seems to imply that there was some sort of, you know, maybe issue with the paint or the color of the paint or something but like yeah um so anyway you know all this money all this money they've spent on that new court and you know and i'm sure that takes a lot of time to lay these courts down and you know because they had to go back to their old court now and so like you know yeah all that time and effort and that you know these unknown workers that nobody sees come in the night to, you know, change all that court out and everything like that. Yeah. And, however many hundred you know, people it takes to fucking swap out one of those courts. Yeah. Yeah. And get told that, Hey, you got to change it back now. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and like, you know, and so that, you know, that brings me also to like another thing about these, these courts, like, you know, I personally just hate these courts and, oh you know, yeah. They're, they're like an eyesore, like, you know, so many, they're just, there's too much paint on them. Like, you know, I want to see like more of a natural wood surface. Like I don't mind a little bit of paint, like, you know, it would have been cool. Like, you know, maybe just put the trophy in the middle or something, you know, something a little less like gaudy, a little less flashy. Like it just, it, it's an eyesore. And like, it makes it hard to watch with some of the jerseys too. Like it, like some of the teams kind of blend into that, you know, those colors too. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't really like those. And even some of the players have voiced concerns about, you know, the painted surfaces being slippery. Apparently like Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner, both, you know, said that like, it's been easy to slip. And like, you know, every game that I've watched, I've seen guys like slipping and like, you know, I was assuming you know, just, oh, maybe some sweat. But, like, you know, the more I think about it, it's, it's like, yeah, like, those painted surfaces probably just don't have that same kind of tackiness as the, you know, just the, the finished wood surface. So, you know, yeah, like, I understand that, you know, 
the NBA has put so much into this tournament, but like I feel that they've gone overboard a little, little with these courts, and you know maybe tone it down a bit is my my opinion. But you know there are some people that you know like it. You know I've I've talked to a couple people, but they seem to be in the minority, and you know at least in the circles that I travel in. So you know what do you, what do you think about any of that? Well, I think I just had a had an epiphany in my head when you were uh, describing <laughs> describing that the because I hadn't heard that about the the paint being slippery, but that makes total sense. And now I just I put two and two together in my head. So the game last night against the Suns was an in season tournament game. It was in Phoenix, so it was the Phoenix painted court. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, LeBron slipped and hurt his ankle. And now I'm just thinking, holy shit! I wonder if it was because of these stupid fucking courts. So, um, again, fortunately, whatever happened to LeBron was not, not a big deal. He came back and, and had a huge, you know, rest of the game. But, uh, yeah, like if we're already seeing as we've been harping on the amount of injuries, like there's no reason to add slippery courts into the mix, uh, and just give, give more, more, you know, uh, increase the probability of injury. But, um, yeah, that's that's really all I got on that because it's you know Evan Evan put it put it great. But um, moving on to uh, what do we got next? Uh, college hoops. Uh, so college hoops has begun and uh, USC looks super legit. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Trojans fan, as everyone knows. Uh, so they got the the number one overall recruit this season. This kid Isaiah Collier. Uh, he looks like a line, he's a point guard, but he looks like a linebacker. He's just a total stud. Um, they've also got Dennis Rodman's son, DJ Rodman, uh, and then this kid, Boogie Ellis. Uh, and then obviously they've got Bronny who, who isn't playing right now, but he looks great. Uh, and then on the women's side, uh, USC also got the number one recruit, this girl, Juju Watkins, who looks awesome. She scored like 38 points in her first game. Uh, and then we also saw Caitlin Clark go off for like 45 points. So uh, I don't know. I'm a huge college basketball fan, Evan. I don't know about you, uh, but are you excited that uh, college basketball has started? I know uh, at one point, uh, University of New Mexico was uh, was a very good basketball team, but I don't know. I don't know if that's still the case. Yeah, actually, I am. I am excited about this season. You know, we've got we've got actually, you know, um, speaking of my Lobos, you know, um, <laughs> two legacies on this team. You know, our coach is Rick Pitino Jr. And we've oh, also no got Jamal, Jamal Mashburn Jr. on this team as well. Awesome. So, yeah. So, like, yeah, they, they had a they had a fairly nice season last year, but, like, kind of, you know, faltered um, when it came to league play a little bit. And, you know, I, I think kind of, you know, kind of fell below the, you know, like, expected mark a little bit last year so we're you know but we got we've got high hopes for this year um you know and you know i i have to admit like you know i'm i'm you know for the most part like a fairly casual college basketball fan you know i used to i used to be you know a lot more into it when it was you know more accessible on you know regular tv but you know now that it's like you know hidden behind so many cable packages even my local team you know i have to oftentimes stream my local team which is Lame. bullshit yep. <laughs> i have to say Lame. so like you know unfortunately because of that like i've i've become like casual as well as you know before nil 
like I, I had gotten kind of really frustrated with, you know, how there's just a lot of people that, you know, make money off the blood, sweat and tears of these athletes. And, you know, so many of these athletes that never go pro and, you know, I, I had kind of gotten turned off a little bit. So that's part of the reason that I've, you know, kind of a casual, but NIL has kind of really re-energized me and kind of made me, you know, kind of seek it out more and be more active with it. And I'm especially excited this year to see USC and especially excited that Bronny is been cleared to play hopefully. And, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm dying to see him on the big stage and, you know, come tournament time, especially like that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's going to be hope so. Yeah. Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, and also just shout out to women's hoops real quick. Uh, women's college hoops and WNBA. Like I think both of those, you know, they've, they've always been good products, but I feel like the way that they're marketing them now, uh, both has, has just gotten better and better. And the NIL has helped a lot with the women's hoops game. Um, so yeah, I'm excited also to, to check out, check out the women's hoops, uh, on both, uh, college, well, we just finished WNBA, but college hoops for sure. <clears throat> Well, awesome, man. So like, you know, and like, yeah, I, I'm, I don't watch a whole lot of the, the women's, but you know, I, I do watch, you know, the finals when they came out and yeah, you know, Caitlin Clark is pretty amazing. And, you know, I look forward to, you know, watching them when the, you know, when the tournament comes around as well, you know, like I, I don't get as much into the regular season, but you know, I do, I do like watching them in the tournament. So. Nice. Nice. So what do we and got? Then, uh, what do we got for cannabis this week? Cannabis topics. <laughs> next, next, it's you know we we got some congratulations. Congratulations to Ohio. Yes, Ohio has finally voted to legalize cannabis in their state. You know, I believe this has been a long going battle for them, and you know they've had many you know failures at you know getting just close and but not getting it over the line and getting it passed so you know congratulations to them i believe that makes 24 out of 50 states you know we are almost halfway there you know you know it is still unfortunately you know not federally legalized and you know it is still you know um schedule one and you know those things need to change those things need to change you know we've got you know Unfortunately, you know, still a lot of obstruction, though, that is, you know, preventing that, you know, like we need more Democratic senators and more Democratic congressmen. And I believe as soon as that happens, that we can get federal legalization because there is a lot of people that are trying to push for it. And, you know, it's it's the right thing to do. It's something that will help, you know, our opioid epidemic, excuse me, opioid epidemic you know, yep. quite a bit, you know, it's every state where it's legalized, it has been proven to help, you know, reduce, you know, overdoses on opioids. Like it's, it's something that, you know, we need to make it accessible for everybody in this country. So, you know, hopefully we can stop the obstruction, we can come together and we can do something, you know, that's, that's going to help a lot of Americans, you know, we're, we're almost halfway there, you know, but like, I want to see 
everybody. I, I, I want to see all of us, you know, because the way I've always felt about, you know, the freedom in this country is like, you know, no one's free until we're all free, you know, and I want yeah. I want freedom for everybody across the board and I want it fair for everybody. So, yay, Ohio. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, this one, uh, this one really hit home for me. So I actually went to college. Uh, this the college I went to was in Ohio. So I spent I spent four years there. Uh, and it was definitely not legal when I was there. And uh, man, first of all, just Ohio in general, like, uh, yeah, I always talk about, you know, I love my college, my four years, there were some of the best years of my life. But we joked that it was just like, gray and cold like you know 80 yeah. percent of the time uh we had to go through great lengths to find you know shitty weed um so super <laughs> super glad that you know the ohio weed back when i was in college was yeah just not you know at least wherever we were buying it from was not the highest quality um but so the fact that it's legal there now they're gonna have dispensaries high quality product that's easily accessible um and then also, you know, Evan talked about the it's a great, great option or it's a great alternative to opioids, which, of course, it is, but also a great alternative to alcohol, too. Like a lot of people, yes. I actually quit. I had to quit drinking about five years ago due to a health issue. And it's been an awesome uh, alternative for me. You know, I was at that wedding last week that I mentioned. And a lot of people ask me, like, you know, oh, how is it tough for you to go to these you know, weddings or events and not be able to drink? Uh, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm totally good. Cause I got my, I either got my pen on me or I'm, I'm eating some edibles. So, uh, yeah, I, it's, you know, it's a great alternative to, to alcohol as well. So, uh, uh, yeah, like Evan said, you know, he said it perfectly. We need it to be federally legalized in all 50 States. And, uh, I do think we're within five, probably closer to five years, but I think we're within five years of that happening. So, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, and yeah, again, shout out to Ohio. Uh, I'm happy the, the kids that are in college there will now be able to just, uh, just drive on over to a dispensary. <clears throat> yeah, that's great, man. You know, you need to get everybody though. Okay. So anyway, um, on to the NFL and my Ravens are looking legit. Yes. You know? And, you know, it's funny, you know, I, I still feel like kind of weird saying my Ravens, you know, like, as I, I still kind of feel like a bandwagon jumper. So, but like, man, it, it's, it's been fun watching this team. And, you know, I think I mentioned it last week on this podcast, just, you know, not watching football with resentment every every sunday is a nice feeling it's just really a nice feeling because like you know that's what was driving me crazy so much with you know watching the cowboys for so many years was just i'm just so resentful at jerry jones on how many like so many things that just like yeah i needed to i needed to let that go for my own sanity and you know like you know i love i love bobani jones for you know or for coming up with this phrase, you know, but like, you know, getting off that narcotic and he's, he's so right. <laughs> I almost, he is, I almost so, spat out my drink there. So, <laughs> almost got a spit take live. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's like, I mean, cause it, I, I, it really does. It does feel like kind of getting off that narcotic. It's like, yeah, I'm clean yeah. from the cowboy. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it feels good. 
<laughs> and, and yeah, just yeah, it's been it's been fun to watch. And like you know, like Lamar looks like he's matured so nicely, and like you know, he's he's one of the big reasons that like I, I wanted to follow this team, you know, as well as just, just the culture that, that this team has created. Like you know, I feel like they're you know they've risen they're the phoenix that has risen from the ashes of cleveland you know because they used to be cleveland and you know a terrible lackluster franchise when they you know moved to baltimore and revived baltimore who had actually had their team stolen in the middle of the night so right yeah so just i i you know i like that history and yeah it's just been yeah it's been fun and you know and and that mascot is just so damn cool so that was the other thing. So, but you know, how, how are you feeling about your Packers? Yeah. Well, before we get to my Packers, just a shout out to the Ravens, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving watching them too. Uh, I think I, I do think it's hilarious. You're probably going to get a lot of shit from people if they end up winning the Super Bowl on oh, the yeah. fact that, uh, but we have the recordings. We have the recordings mm-hmm. that you became a Ravens fan before this team won any football games. So, uh, we do have the receipts, but I'm sure there will be some haters out there that call you a uh, Fairweather fan. Uh, I always joke, one of my good buddies from growing up, he decided to, be- to become a New England Patriots fan the year that uh, it was before Drew Bledsoe got hurt, but it was literally that year where, you know, Tom Brady became the quarterback and then, you know, he was a Patriots fan to see all the Super Bowls. Uh, and we always joke that he was a Fairweather fan, but he truly did did announce it before that season started too. So, Great decision on your part. And just shout out to the Ravens for the the type of team they have. Like they don't have, you know, Lamar Jackson's incredible. They have some incredible, their defense is incredible, but uh, they're not your typical football team that you would see right now. They're a very classic, just, you know, run and ground and pound offense with a really good defense. Um, You know, their team chemistry is incredible. Their coaching is incredible. Like it's just a gritty team that like no one really stands out besides Lamar Jackson um and you know there's just a ton of awesome role players and yeah I feel like it's almost just like the perfect mix I don't know what that was um (laughs) sorry there's something uh there was it was it's just the perfect mix of ingredients that team and uh I'm you know I like I said there I love kind of watching them in the AFC I've got uh, I've got no, no horse in that race. So, uh, yeah, they look great, but onto my Packers. Yeah. We're just taking, I'm still riding high from the, the easy win last week. I got a lot of shit on my Twitter for, uh, going off on last episode on the Packers. A lot, got a lot of comments about how, uh, they were facing a backup quarterback who has since been released by the Rams, this guy, Brett Rippian. Uh, and I was like going off about how the Packers won, but uh, hey, a win is a win, and I will always celebrate a Packers win. So they played the Steelers this week. Hopefully, they can get another win. But I have zero expectations. Uh, you know, whatever. I'm just hoping to see Jordan Love improve each week, um, and that that I hope he solidifies himself as as the right quarterback moving forward, and that we don't have to like go back to the drawing board and draft someone else, which I don't think we do. I I am sold on him. So taking it one game at a time, but, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens this week. Um, but, 
Yeah, I guess moving on to our uh, historical stoner circle. Oh, wait. Week. Yeah. Oh, means only else? one thing now. No, hold oh, on. Oh, yeah. It's, we yes, we yes, have yes. a new intro. So 1% here we go. Got to get used to that fact that we have a intro now and got some, you know, we're, we're in the big leagues now here. So, <laughs> right. so anyway, we're going to, we're going to start this off with, um, you know, probably one of my favorite actors ever, um, Denzel Washington. Yes. So oh my would God. you gas or pass? Uh, absolute gas. Um, so I actually was the one who thought of this one. And the character that I was thinking of was everyone on Twitter is always quoting the movie Training Day when he says, like, you know, I'm leaving here with something. Uh, and uh, so originally I was going to do his character from Training Day. But then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just doing Denzel as a whole. Uh, and so, yes, 100% would gas with Denzel. He's also a huge Lakers fan. He's courtsided a lot of the Lakers games. Um, he's just also one of my favorite actors. He can do so, so such a wide range of characters. Um, we'll get to it later, but I'm very excited to check out Equalizer 3. I've heard that that's like almost like um, not quite the level of training day, but apparently he, he uh, takes it, takes it up a notch in that movie too. I'm so I'm excited to check that out, but would totally gas with Denzel. Uh, what about you, Evan? Yeah, this one is definitely, he's definite gas for me. You know, like I said, he's one of my favorite actors of all time. Just so many, so many good roles. And yeah, I would just, I would love to talk to him about so many things and, you know, He's, you know, not only a Lakers fan, he's also a Cowboys fan and a Yankees fan. And, you know, like, I'm also a Yankees fan. So, like, you know, we, we would have plenty of talk about as far as, like, you know, all three teams and the histories and stuff like that. And, yeah, I would just, I would have a great time hanging out with Denzel. And, you know, yeah, I, I would love to gas with him 100%. Yeah. So, anyway, next one is... um you know, a guy that's pretty well known also to Laker fans and, you know, as well as, you know, anybody who likes, um, you know, first take or, you know, whatever the hell that show was called, what knows with skip, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, but anyway, <laughs> so Shannon Sharp, you know, skip, <laughs> yep. would you gas or pass with Shannon Sharp? So this one, uh, it, it's interesting. At first, I was like, you know, for sure, gas. And then I thought about it, and I was like, he's actually had some pretty weird Lakers takes recently. Even though he's a die, <laughs> he's like a, he's a huge LeBron guy, 
And he sits, you know, we had that whole thing last year at the Grizzlies game where he was sitting courtside and talking shit to John Morant. I actually have the t-shirt of him with the sweater on, like, you know, puffing his chest out uh, and loved him for that. But, like, he had some super weird Lakers takes this year. I forget what he said. I'll find the clips and post them from our account. But, uh, yeah, he was, like, you know, like many of the other uh, guys, and he's, he's, he's now on ESPN. And so, like many of the other guys on ESPN, just constantly trying to, you know, shit on the Lakers and, uh, yeah, shit on LeBron and poke holes on their, you know, sh- everything. Um, but ultimately, I would guess with with Uncle Shannon because of uh, – I listened to his show, Club Shay Shay. Uh, he is a hilarious dude, and he actually does smoke weed. There's, I think that episode we were talking about a couple weeks ago when Marshawn Lynch was on his Club Shay Shay podcast – they were they were gas and blunts together on that show actually so uh you know if either of them uh evan i know you recently did a shout out to kevin durant but this is an official invitation to uncle shannon and marshawn lynch if you ever want to come on this show and uh and gas with us you are always welcome um and before evan gets into his or i'll let evan answer whether whether he gas or pass with uh with him first and then also Evan I want you to get into your invitation to KD too cuz that was awesome. <clears throat> so Sure man. Like you know I, I would I would you know not I would have to say like you know but like like you maybe a little bit reluctantly because like you know like I feel like Shannon, he'd be fun to hang around with, but, like, you'd have to be careful because, like, his big mouth could get you into trouble every once in a while. And, like, you know. For sure. (laughs) So, yeah, like, I I would, but it would be be reluctantly just, you know. But it'd be be also a lot of fun, I have to say, you know, because he is – he is such a, you know, fun, like, personality and, like, yeah, just – yeah, I, I would I would dig hang, hanging out with him and just you know vibing and chilling and yeah, him and Marshawn Lynch absolutely like you know both of you like or just one one or the other like absolutely and that yeah Marshawn Lynch you're awesome you're funny as hell please 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 come on the show that'd be yeah. awesome we love you so, <laughs> yeah yeah we could we could have a fun just like you know conversation about just just about everything with Marshawn. that's that's what i think totally. would be so fun it's because like you know he'd come and talk hoops with us but then he'd probably talk life talking about just about anything like you know yeah totally. that'd be fun as hell so yeah and like you know and of course kd kd is my dream dream like you know guest because an active player who smokes you know, whether or not he actually smokes with us or not, like, it'd be amazing if he did smoke with us, you know, but like, just to come on and talk with us, you know, about hoops and cannabis would be, like I said, just a dream come true. And like, when I created this podcast, it's like one of those, you know, like you sit and you dream about things like, you know, KD was one of the first, you know, players I thought of, of like, you know, like, oh, if he could come on my show, it would just be amazing. So, yeah you know i'll say it until he comes on the show like you know he he's my dream guest for sure yeah so anyway let's let's move on to our last um you know candidate here for historical stoner circle and we've got a writer here you know he's fairly well known um you know at least 
at least anybody you know who had to you know go to high school in America, you know, you had to at least read like one of this guy's books, Ernest Hemingway. So would you gas or pass with Ernest Hemingway? I would definitely guess. Uh, yes, I, I went to high school in America, like Evan said. So I had to read uh, a lot of, of Ernest Hemingway growing up. Uh, yeah, both middle school and high school. Um, and I actually really like a lot of his stuff. Uh, Old Man in the Sea was him, right? Yes. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, I love Old Man in the Sea. Uh, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super into sailing on the side. Uh, that's a story for another day, but, uh, yeah. So love, love Ernest Hemingway, uh, would definitely gas. Um, and you know, yeah, we always talking about just appreciating greatness, soaking up knowledge. Uh, he's one of those guys that, uh, would just be dropping gems constantly if you smoke with him. Um, and I'm all about that. So, uh, would love to, would love to kind of smoke and, and pick his brain a little bit, but what about you? This one, like, um, you know, like you, I, I like a lot of his work. I love Old Man in the Sea. That's actually, you know, that's funny that you brought that book up because like, yeah, that, that book, I, I absolutely love that book. It's it's a simple, like, perfect little tale that, like, yep. you know, because it's, it's barely over 100 pages. You know, you, you can read it in like one sitting, but just like, it's it's a great story, you know, and, you know, so anyway, um, but that all being said, um, Ernest had quite a reputation of being a madman and a drinker and just generally cantankerous. Um, so, like, I imagine, like, you know, kind of hanging out and, like, you know, the vibe could be chill for a minute. And, like, you know, he might just snap and, like, you know, start telling a World War II story and just you know, the mood completely changes and, you know, you go from like, you know, feeling chill and happy to kind of just like, um, like, where's the door? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I think I'm going to pass on Ernest. <laughs> this guy's a psycho. Uh, that's actually really interesting. You brought that up. That kind of, that's a good segue to our, to our next, what are you watching section? But uh, there's a great movie called uh, Midnight in Paris with Owen Wilson. It's actually a Woody Allen movie. Uh, and basically the, the gist, have you seen that one, Evan, by the way? No, I've, I know, I know of it. I have not seen it though. I just yeah, know of so it. So basically but. the gist of it without ruining anything is, uh, uh, Ernest, Owen Wilson and his wife, they go to Paris on vacation and like Owen Wilson, like goes for a walk, his wife's asleep and he goes for, he can't sleep and he goes for a walk late at night one night and like Paris turns back into like the early 1900s and he meets, you know, he, he basically each night at like, as soon as the clock hits 12 o'clock midnight, it turns back into like the roaring twenties. Uh, and he meets all these guys. And so Ernest Hemingway is one of the people that when he's yeah. out partying, he runs into and the way they portray Ernest Hemingway in that movie is exactly how you described. So uh, check out midnight in Paris. Great Woody <laughs> Allen movie. Uh, and yeah, they, they definitely, they poke fun of Ernest Hemingway. I, I totally forgot about that in that movie. So that's, that's hilarious. Um, and that, that leads us into our next section of, uh, of what are you watching this week weekend? So, uh, I'll start. I've got, I've got a few things. So number one, like I said, I'm going to the Lakers game tomorrow. So very, very excited about that. Um, I also heard that the equalizer three, 
Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned that before, but I've heard it's great, great stoner film. So I'm, I'm excited to uh, check out that. And then uh, I, I have uh, hopefully no one, hopefully the government's not listening, but uh, I've got this like access, early access thing online to be able to get movies like before they come out on DVD. And so Oppenheimer just dropped on that for me. So I officially downloaded Oppenheimer. It was like a 50 gigabyte file. Uh, so I, I'm just already stressing out about how many sittings it's going to take me to get through that three hour movie, but I do need to watch it. Uh, it's supposed to be really good. Um, and I'm, I'm just, you know, historically would love to learn more about that event. I know, uh, I know it's, uh, takes place in New Mexico and, you know, a lot of actually really sad things happen about New Mexico with New Mexico about that, uh, with that movie, but, uh, you know, going to check that out as well. But what are you watching this weekend, Evan? Um, well, this weekend, like, you know, I, I just finished up um, The Boys. And, you know, nice. I just, like, yeah, that, that the writing for that is, I just, I, I love the writing for that. It's so brilliant. There, there's so many, like, good representations of, you know, power dynamics between, you know, not only men and women, but, you know, um, men and chi- men and children, women and children, and you know, just um, everyday relationships. And it's just it's a really like smartly told tale, you know, about power dynamics and you know how they could be taken to an extreme if people had superpowers. And it's just yeah, it's it's a brilliant brilliant show. So I'm excited to get into Gen V now because of that. Um, and then also, um, new season of Rick and Morty is the big thing that I'm, I'm really into right now. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to be doing or, you know, Rick and Morty. And then at some point this week, I'm going to dive into Gen B hopefully. So nice. That's what I'm looking forward to. The boys is, is so good. Uh, and I'm sure now, so you've, you're totally finished or you're totally caught up. Totally caught up. So, so now you understand all those those Homelander memes that people post. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I already kind of got the gist of them because I'd seen you know a, you know a season and a half of it already. So I already yeah. you know at least got the gist of them. But like now I have total context of them all. And yeah. like yeah, nice. it's yeah, yeah. A lot of memeable memeable content from that show. It's it's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, like you know Homelander is you know like yeah like you can see Homelander in so many Americans and like, you know, it's, yeah, it's really, really well done. So anyway, you know, I guess this brings us here to the end of another episode and, you know, it's been fun. And again, you know, happy belated birthday to you, you know, thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. So anyway, do do you have anything that you'd like to say as a parting shot before we sign off here? Yeah, just hopefully, you know, thanks for the birthday wishes. This was awesome coming on talking with you. Uh, hopefully we get a, a Lakers W and uh, hopefully by next week's episode, we've maybe gone on a little bit of a win streak. We'll see. Uh, we've got Absolutely. kind of an easy schedule coming up, so hoping we can capitalize. But that's all I've got, man. Yeah, love love always talking, talking hoops, talking sports, talking cannabis with you. And uh, yeah, we'll until next time. Well, awesome, man. So everybody, let's, you know, take it easy. Peace and stay zooted. Stay zooted, guys. Peace out.
In the history of mankind, men have been called out and written up millions of times over. But only one man was written up for, and I quote, making barnyard noises and wouldn't stop. Rest in power, my friend. Washiko.